We can't lose sight of the fact that what happens when we wrestle and wrangle and weep with God is that we are delivered from our suffering. When we wrestle and wrangle and weep with God, we are restored to our humanity. Through God, we move through suffering, get relief from suffering. We're redeemed because God is, God is, not because suffering never was. Restoration is new life, not an erasure of the past. That's why the vocation of the refugee or the less able-bodied or the destitute is the vocation of the church because they remind us that God works through despair. They remind us of what makes God amazing. The widow, the orphan, the sick, the suffering, they are what give us hope, especially in this crazy world ripe with suffering and senseless violence and deep division and broken bodies and pandemics that are still robbing us of precious lives. I mean, the world will continue to have floods and diseases and death. But God's promise is that in covenantal relationship, we will be delivered. And that by living out Jesus's call, we will come to salvation. I mean, I think it's just that our culture has taught us to wait for love realized, to wait for a cure found, to wait for the company to go public, or a winning season, or even an end to a pandemic. We hold out this little hope that all will be well, and our joy is somehow conditional upon all the suffering somehow disappearing. I think Christians are especially guilty of this. We've come to expect that life with God will eventually be a life free from worry, a life with no questions or conundrums or unknowns, maybe even a life with no suffering. We've told ourselves that because Jesus saved us and God has delivered us, that our suffering and our grief and our loss will come to an end if we are faithful enough. Even our suffering is seen as disbelief or ungodly to dwell on or something to shove under the covers of our Christian doctrine. We've chosen an end game theology relying on salvation that wipes away everything everything that has transpired to get us to salvation. We believe our prayers and our petitions will somehow land us in the the land of milk and honey. And that if we just look to the empty tomb, that all those years in the wilderness, they'll become nothing more than a mirage we saw or trauma that's swept away in a sandstorm. That's why we like to dwell on texts like today instead of remembering the fight. Believing that we can hope for or even expect some sort of Disney version of life, all sunshine and unicorns, if we just believe. But I don't think that makes God amazing. I think that makes God some sort of Thomas Kincaid painter. And it makes a mockery of Jesus' suffering and our suffering. And it's not the reality 
of God's plan for salvation. I mean, there is not one single one of us here who has not experienced loss, pain, suffering, physical, mental, or spiritual despair. That even if we do rise out of it, doesn't bear scars. I mean, resurrected bodies still bear the mark of the nails. That is life on this side of the kingdom. That is where God marks us in our triumph over. That's where God reminds us that faith does not negate loss. I mean, what would be the point of the whole of the scriptures if we edit out all the wilderness scenes and all the lost tribes and all the blind men? And the fullness of the scriptures is that the people of God see their losses and illness and blindness, and they recognize God's power to transform the worst of their conditions. And, and God invites them to weep and to moan and to wrestle and to wring their hands and to turn to God for comfort and care and to turn to their communities to bind up wounds and lift people out of their circumstances. And the power of God, the power of love, is that we come to be able to bear our suffering together and with God so that it doesn't own us anymore, that it's not the end of the story. It's no different today than it was in the ancient days, is it? When we wrestle and we pray, and we weep, and we rejoice with one another and with God, it's the only time we come through loss and see the light. These texts today remind us that there will always be obstacles. Restoration takes generations. The ways of God, they are mysterious. And that it is more prudent to hold out hope for transformation than to wait for a do-over or hope for a life free of suffering or to get to a moment when the past no longer was. These texts remind us that what makes us well is when we see again God's plan for salvation and then work towards it. We see again that God continues to gather us together And we commit to that kind of life. We see again the transformative power of the spiritual life. And we choose to turn again and follow Jesus on the way. You know, what is miraculous to me about Job's story, what is humbling and inspiring to me, is that Job knows He could lose it all again. Job knows there are no guarantees. And yet, he chooses life anyway. And in verse 6, there's a better translation than the one we have in the NRSV. And Job says to God, I retract my accusations against you. I withdraw my case because I am comforted with whatever life brings. 
mean, Job is transformed by this relationship he has with God, by the prayers and the petitions. And, and it's that relationship that transforms him. I mean, God's expansion of Job's vision is what gives Job comfort. It is the transformed mind that gives him new life. And I think it's through the transformation of a mind that we are liberated. It's by finding God in this discomfort and choosing a different ending. Yes, is at the end. He is poor as poor can be. He is blind. He is blind and sitting on the side of the road, destitute. And yet he chooses a different ending. Let's go of the cloak that marks him, and he runs headlong to Jesus to see again, confessing before he is healed. He sees and then follows Jesus all the way to Jerusalem. I mean, it's not a happy ending. The happy ending takes time and trusting in the slow work of God. And the transformation of the mind is not going to happen if we sit on our hands. This is hard work. I mean, it makes me sort of giggle. We're at week 22 of Pentecost, and the disciples still don't get it. We've got to push through our obstacles like Bartimaeus pushes through the crowd. We've got to raise our voices if we want to be heard. We've got to cast all the things that get in the way of getting to the foot of Jesus and run headlong into the arms of mercy. Just like Bartimaeus did, just like the remnants of Israel did, the refugees and the fugitives, and just like Job does. None of them get their old life back, but they get a new life. They get a new life because they moved through their tears and their anger and their misunderstanding into relationship with God and God's incarnate love. I mean, there are so many applications for us today, right now. Our role in as participants in systemic racism, our neglect of the sick and the poor and the vulnerable, our bitterness at our own suffering and greed. I mean, we've enslaved people. But our liberation is when we acknowledge it. There are children currently living on the streets, and our salvation depends on their rescue. 700,000 people are dead to COVID. And our deliverance demands that we rethink public health. Our broken families and war-torn nations and natural disasters and violent streets and thousands that are hungry for food and faith and fellowship, nothing we can do will undo that. But what we do today can transform that. Let God inspire us to do something different today. Let's see again. This is what discipleship looks like. This is walking the way of the cross. This is our only hope in a time when we are scattered and suffering and scared. It's not easy or shiny 
or uncomplicated. But it is in doing this, something different today, that we come back together, that we traverse new territory, that we welcome new people, and it becomes redemptive because we see again that God is tender and we feel a deep comfort and we feel a great inspiration to follow in the way. I think faith is about overcoming obstacles, whether COVID, conflict, or death, or despair, or blindness, or exile. Faith is about participating in and believing that we shall be delivered and restoration will come. It's just not going to look like anything we think it will. Today's texts are all the proof we need to remember that God makes good on her promises. Always has, always will but it won't erase the past. So let us look for happy endings that come from happy today. But only happy, because we believe in the transformation of the mind and in walking in the way of love. Amen.